Hello and welcome to the Northerners Car Show. I'm Daryl. And I'm Ethan. And each week we'll be discussing the automotive world as a whole, covering new and old motoring topics for our like-minded listeners. You can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube and most podcast platforms. Because we're Northerners. And this is the Northerners Car Show. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Northerners Car Show. Very good. What have we got this week then, Ethan? Aside from his uh, rubbish intro, I haven't mastered. Uh, this week, we've got the general news. So recently, we've had um, the electric Porsche Boxster that's claimed to be coming along soon. The Polo might be discontinued due to some silly climate rule. Uh, a bit of F1. And our main topic, which should be quite interesting for the viewers, is what is the perfect three-car garage for 30k? So you've got three cars. There's no, there's no 10 split. It's just all together for 30k. Um, that should be quite interesting. So, uh, where do you want to start with the Porsche Boxster? Uh, yeah, if you like. I mean, uh... well, I mean, there's not much on it. It's just, um, it was just like a spy shot. I don't know if it was Courtney the Nurburgring or something. It probably were, because that's what they do in it. Um, I don't th- really think it'll work as an EV. I'll be honest. It's got no choice but to work as an EV. It's got to. Well, don't forget the Cayman will have it. So I'm just going to move this mic slightly. But yeah, both of them are going to be uh, from 2025, aren't they? They've got to work. I mean, on paper, they'll have to be electric. But I mean, in the real world, is it going to feel right? Is it going to be right? Is it going to feel right? It's the noise that it'll make or the lack of it. I mean, when they lost two cylinders from six to four, people went crazy. They're going to lose all six here. They are not going to survive. Well, I think I'm hoping the acceleration will, will kind of change their minds a bit. See, I think the issue is is they're not necessarily a light car anymore. Even with you know with like the the, the Boxster, let's say, because it's slightly heavier than the Cayman or the, whichever the PDK one, it's probably getting on a bit weight wise. Imagine what it's going to be like with like lots of batteries strapped to it. Well, there'll be no PDK in there for one thing. <laughs> I know that, but that's like. I get yeah, I guess that's right, but I mean that's going to weigh a lot. It'll oh. have to be four wheel drive for a start. Hopefully, the power will offset the battery. If the handle is any drive like garbage, that extra weight it will just ruin it. Yeah, but they're not they're not daft at Porsche. They'll know how to make it work, like they did with the, the Taycan. Taycan. Yeah, the Taycan was quite if good. If they've done it once, they can do it again. Although, I did read something about like some Mission R, like some crazy concept thing. I don't know how true this. I don't I don't really know much about it, but I did read. Something about a thousand horsepower, and if they put that in a Cayman or a Boxster, it's death. Because I mean, it was death in the nine eighteen. That they'll not put that in a Boxster. I, I know what you're thinking. I, be, I, I haven't seen it. I didn't look into it because it went the Boxster. But for the Boxster, there's there's not a lot of news because at the end of the day, it was just a spy shot, and they're due to be released in 2025 or 2024. It differed. I don't know why. 25. But I think that extra power will ruin it. Well, the Boxster and the Cayman, to be honest. See, you're losing a lot of the soul with a, when there'd be no cylinder anymore. So I was hoping, like, you could sit in it and there'd be, like, piping something through the speakers. I'd go for that. That mate. would stop me buying it. In, they do it for the... That phone is turning off, so I'll just interrupt that. Um, yeah, as I was saying, um, I that'd put me off anyway. I think they do that in the normal box Cayman. That'd put me back on. You've got to hear something... No. I'd rather hear nothing than just some stupid speakers. They even do that in Nissan GTRs, which 
that's why. In fact, oh. they did that in the first GTR when it first came out. But um, yeah, that's that's an example of what not to do with sound. Anyway. Well, opinions divided on that one. I'd go for it. Really? I think you need something to, to give you that feeling of the, the, the old times back. You know, combustion. No, we're not going to go down that route. But we will do if they discontinue the Polo due to some emissions that you know and I don't. Well, it's coming, isn't it? There's been Euro 6 for a while where we've got uh, soft limiters on cars and all the rest of it. They've been on a while. I didn't realise how long soft limiters have been on cars. No, no, I was watching a car review of like an RS6 from like 10 years ago and it had a soft limiter on it. I didn't realise they'd been around that long, but they have. Right, there ought to be a way of just bypassing it, but, uh, but I'm, I know there is some. I mean, in Porsches, you can, if you put it in neutral, I think it stops it. I think you could just rev it out. Well, I don't know about that. Porsche won't uh, lend me one. Well, if Yet. they do it, it might be electric. So, uh, anyway, the VW Polo has been discontinued. Or not being discontinued, at risk of being discontinued, because aren't they claiming that with the new regulations that are coming in whenever, that I don't know, um, is it three to five thousand pound increase on the price of the car? Yeah, and that's a lot on a small, cheap car for an eighty. If you consider car, it's twenty thousand pound, that's that's yeah. a twenty-five percent increase. I know. It's another quarter on top. The thing is, though, a I think they're taking the mick with another five thousand pound. It does not take five thousand pound. I mean, you told me earlier, what was it four hundred pound? The, the, the regulators say four hundred pound, but they're gonna. They, they don't want you know. They don't want to rock the board. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> Well, they're going to do anyway. VW will take the mic. I mean, they lie about figures as it is, most of the time. Well, they lie about a lot of things, but for this one, maybe I, th- I think I might just believe it. Even them. then, it's not like, I mean, the Fiesta's gone. The Polo could be following it. What's the rival from, say, is it the Ibiza? Yeah. yeah. Ibiza. Well, they're all the same platform. Ibiza, Corsa. But I don't see the Corsa going anywhere. I mean, the Ibiza, no one even talks about it anymore. That's probably on its way out. If it's in VW Group especially, because it'll follow the same pursuit, won't it? It'll have to do. If, if Polo goes... All right, then. If, if all cars at £20,000 get a £5,000 increase, why does the Polo have to suffer? Why doesn't every other twenty grand car have to suffer? They're if all, it they're all, all five... They're all going to suffer. It's going to add every car. I don't, I don't, see this sh- I don't think they should um, discontinue it, because I see a lot of 2022 shit Polos a lot of the time. Like, lots and lots of them. You probably don't pay much attention. I, I do, because I don't drive so i get a lot of time to look at cars there's a lot there's a few on this there's loads on this estate yeah uh i noticed them but i don't notice ibiza or new uh fabia either well uh, you know in last episode i we talked about the mclaren and lamborghini you can't tell the difference i can't tell the difference between any say i couldn't tell you what one is i could maybe guess i know if it's got a cooper badge on it it's somewhat special even though, like the big SUV. is it the four mentor yeah the cooper suv one, thing yeah the 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 uh, 1.5 and the Golf R engined one look the same, so you never know. I don't think there's any way of telling. Although I'm probably wrong on that, but someone will correct me. Um, but yeah, back to the Polo. I see a lot of them. Well, they've got uh, basically. I think VW uh, have got uh, two weeks to decide, or they may announce really? something in two weeks. Two weeks. No, no, they'll not stop them in two weeks they'll just uh, they're not making what, another one after this we give, we're throwing the towel in after this yeah they're facing spending millions to conform to this when well, they could be putting it into the new electric car well if they if they are to continue the polo and they do add five thousand pounds if they had five thousand pounds to the polo gti why would you do that because then what what are they 
uh, they mid twenties, late twenties, Polo GTIs that operate into the thirty grand region. Front wheel drive, two hundred horsepower. That's like knocking on the door for like Golf GTI money. Yeah, but the Golf GTI is gonna go up by the same. Everything will go up. Well, it, do the Golf GTIs sit under the same? Every, everything. Every single car. Vans, cars, Huracan STRs, buses. Oh, well, that, that they're already out, but everything. Get this right. It says Euro Seven covers exhaust emissions, which is uh, they're pretty much looking at half of what Euro Six was. Then they're on about um, particulate emissions from brakes. Brakes. And microplastic from tyres. Wow. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> wow. This is getting bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Jesus. That's their way of getting manufacturers to just throw the towel in, I think, and go to electric. And paper tyres paper at this point. That is bad. That is bad, bad. We'll end up going round on them. You know them tyres on Flintstones, them, them, them stone ones? Oh, we'll go back to tracks again. Yeah, we'll end up with something like that. Although, I did read something about electric cars. In I think it was Rishi Sunak's new... This is not car... It is car-related, but not necessarily. Uh, anyway, Rishi Sunak is... Well, obviously not him personally, but I know they're going to start road tax on electric cars now, when it, included in his new budget, you know, with all the new taxes. And what was your thought on that? I know you thought it was funny at first. But it's funny, but it's it's what should be done. Because at the end of the day, they don't pay road tax for emissions. They pay... Well, they do some of it. It's to maintain the roads and things like this. Yeah. And they're still using the roads exactly the same as we would. Yeah. So I, st- I think you should pay it. And they're heavier, so they're probably um, yeah. causing a bit more damage as well. I guess you could say that, yeah. Yeah, may- maybe. I don't know. Anyway, probably goodbye to the Polo, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Sad. I don't, they can't be. I mean, the Polo is nearly as old as the Golf. The Polo must be over 40 years. I'll uh, give or take. Ooh, late 70s. I'm That's what I mean. quite remember. And golf was early to mid-70s, I think. And right. the Sirocco came out before the golf. Anyway, this, this is not what I was on about. What we are going to talk about after this is the Formula One news. This has been recorded on the Tuesday after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So we know all the latest um, news, I guess you could call it. Ooh, I wonder who won. I wonder who won. I'm, I, we're going to spoil it because by this point it'll be in at five days. Obviously, Verstappen won. He's set the most amount of wins in a season at 15, I think, which there is a poster over there of the Senna season of 88 where the, he got all the wins, him and Prost. The problem is there's nowhere near as many races in that season as there is now. Well, I can't remember how many were on now, but it's a lot more than it used to be. So percentage-wise, that car, the 88 car, that's obviously still much better, but... That is the new on-paper record that Verstappen's won the most races in a season. Mm, and most points and all the rest of it. And Yeah. Uh, Although, um, one thing I will say, obviously Red Bull still got the constructors, but Ferrari, um, luckily I got, luckily I got um, P2 in the championship, luckily. I say luckily. If they had the, um, the right car and the right team, I don't see why they couldn't have won that season. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think he had the right car. No, right car, wrong driver, wrong team. Leclerc sort of gives me Verstappen from a few years ago where he couldn't spread it. And I think Leclerc will get to that stage where Verstappen's taken like the veteran stance on this, like Lewis did last season. Consistency. So Leclerc is um, lacked that, so that's obviously why the P2. But I think over the course of one lap, Leclerc's, the, Leclerc's car and team were this season the fastest on the grid. 
Well, if you noticed at the beginning of the season, he was getting like further up the starting grid yeah. and then lose it. But at the end, he weren't, worry. So I don't know if they're... Uh, Leclerc. Leclerc, yeah. He was starting at pole oh, at the beginning. Oh, they started out. And then he's tra- trailing now and yeah. he's not. Yeah, they started out at the beginning of the season strong, Ferrari. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, well, I gave up when he spun at Imola trying to catch someone because he couldn't keep it together. He just couldn't be... Consi- he was pushing hard, but just spun. And it was a really easy mistake as well that a lot of people make. Um, although slightly Ferrari-related. Vettel, obviously because Vettel is Ferrari. Vettel is now it. Vettel is done in Formula 1. Although he could make a comeback, but I doubt it. He'll end up on Sky commentating. I hope so. I quite like Vettel. Yeah, he's not a bad guy, I suppose. Although I know a lot of people didn't like him a few years ago, and now they've suddenly gelled with him. Now he's not getting in the way of championships or whatever. Yeah, he's come back down to earth a bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, not only was Vettel's last race, it was Ricardo's last race for McLaren. Not his last race in Formula 1, but his last race for McLaren. And I don't think he has a seat. I don't see why anybody should give Daniel Ricciardo a seat for next He's season. He's really underperformed. I don't he reminds get it. me of Ronaldo. I know this is a car podcast. Ronaldo was, a few years ago, the best in the world. Ricciardo weren't, but he was up there. And they still think they should be paid like that, but can't do it anymore. So Ricciardo has been, he must be paid, you know, similar to the top four, but he's not even in the top ten drivers, if you look at, if you look at what happened this season. Yeah, he's not worried what. I don't know what quite what's happened, whether and it's car or, or what. I think I think what doesn't help is the fact that Norris has come up underneath him, sort of, and just outperformed him. I think that pressure gets to him. If you watch a lot of the Drive to Survive stuff, I know it's dramatised a bit, but you do see him, like, it, it get, emotions get to Ricardo quite a bit, you can tell. How old is he now? I want to say 37. So he, he may retire, although I think he would have definitely announced it by now, but... There you go. Yeah, he's not in it for the money anymore, is it? And before our break, there's one other thing I want to bring up about Formula 1 before I get on to our main topic. Mick Schumacher doesn't have a seat. Oh, he's lost his seat at Haas. I could not be more glad before he takes out a big driver in the lead for a championship. What he did this this uh, weekend was terrible. Oh, that gap that weren't there. That was. I remember he did it at America earlier this season, uh, uh, Miami. He's just got a habit of just driving into the back of people when he's getting close to them. I think, obviously, you could say, oh, he's trying to live off the Schumacher name. He's a bit. Not not a lot, but a bit. Um, but that that can't carry him through, especially in a, in a seat in Formula 1. That can't. I, I think the name will carry him through. I don't think he's done myself. Well, um, it probably have the funds. One thing I will say is he'd have, he'd have a spark at some point in the season where you're like, oh, they're doing something but then Haas were both doing it like Magnussen was good as well um, but th- that that just finishes it off that for me just signs his contract gone for the um, out of Formula 1 for this season at least next season see I can't wait for Drive to Survive because I've got to see Gunter Steiner's face when Schumacher binge <laughs> it once or twice if it's anything banners the last season I'm not watching Drive to Survive I thought it I was didn't really even good. finish it I didn't even finish it. I will go back to it at some point to watch the um, Verstappen and Hamilton thing. Oh, yeah. That's the only episode I'm going to watch. Yeah, was unhappy for some reason. (laughs) Anyway, um, that concludes the first half of this episode. No, we'll have one more thing on the Formula One. What's that? Chinese GP. Cancelled again. Yeah. Rubbish track. Do you think so? I've driven it on the F1 gate, and I know you have, haven't you? It's rubbish. That's why I don't like it. I like it. It's a track. It's a proper track. 
where cars overtake each other. First corner, it's well, first straight, the braking zone is a corner and a braking zone. That's not what you want. You're braking and turning at the same time. It's awful. You're like on and off the brake. It's rubbish. Well, it's a challenge for them. That's what they're paid for. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd say, China in, Monaco out. I'd do that tomorrow. No. Monaco has to stay for the history, even though I don't like it that much. It has to stay. It looks good on the telly, and that, that's all it's for. Anyway, um, before we make this into a 40-minute podcast, I was talking absolute rubbish. Uh, we'll uh, end the first half of this episode, and we'll be back shortly. Yep, okay. Welcome back to part two of um, episode two, and this is where it gets interesting. Is it? This is where it gets very interesting. Um, you may begin to notice from now on uh, that for our following episodes, we're going to take the new schedule of, not schedule, but like format of, because the first episode it was like too much news, and I feel like it's a little bit repetitive. So what I think we'll do this time is first half news, second half a big topic, like the topic we have today. Well, you're the boss. <laughs> not. I just guess, and it might work. Anyway, today's main topic is the three-car garage for thirty thousand pounds. Quick disclaimer: not not twenty thousand then. <laughs> this right, basically, we've had to shoot the second half twice because someone may have thought it was twenty instead of thirty, and then made his um, choices from that. So, um, they have still been better than yours. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, so a bit of groundkeeping. Uh, we're going to have a weekend car. Weekend car. Um, two-seater, two-door, coupe, convertible sort of thing. Um, a hatchback. Going to the shops. Or sometimes. Um, and then a estate slash saloon for your long distances. We're not going to bother with SUVs because I don't know about our viewers, but we literally couldn't care less about SUVs. Sorry. Anyway, so um, I guess we'll start with the hatchback. Hatchback. Okay. Who first? You can go first this time, the second time. Right. Uh, hatchback. Wait a minute. Let's have a look. Five grand I spent on mine. What about you? I spent £17,000 on my attainable dream car. Just disclaimer. Your, your might be slightly better than mine then. Quite a bit. Mine's a, a mini John Cooper Works. What year? Like? Uh, 2009. 2009. So... What are they, like 200-ish horsepower, maybe? They're not uh, supercharged. It was the early 2000s that was supercharged, weren't it? The R56? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not bad. Although I think our two cars will be the same underneath. No, I think it's a bit of a stretch for that. But it may be, because mine is a BMW M140i at £17,000. Ooh, nice. What year is that, then? What well, did you get for that? M140 started six twenty sixteen and ended in 19... Shadow editions began in 18, I think. This isn't the shadow edition. Uh, it's a bit cheaper. But if I were to actually have one, it would be shadow edition. Um, but yeah, I think for £17,000 as a dailyable car, despite the fact that rear-wheel drive and a bit useless in the rain, I think that is probably the best thing you can get for £120,000 in general. But as a hatchback... What, what year is that one, then, that you're looking at? Uh, the one that I've actually said is... 2016, the cheapest one on Autotrader, because that's another thing that we've done. We've just gone for like the cheapest ones just to keep it somewhat equal, I guess. Yeah, yeah we just got them off Autotrader, haven't we? Yeah, we did. Um, we love Autotrader. Another another plug that we did in the um, first take. But yeah, 
Um, so I've gone with a A140i. You've gone with a JCW from late 2000s. They f- they're £5,000. Well, this one is. And it's not a category either. No, mine isn't. That was another rule. They had to be like fully stable, you know, like HBI clear or whatever. Anyway, I didn't think they were £5,000. I thought they were 20% that. Well, it is uh, what, a 13-year-old car by now. I mean, mine, considering these were early 30s, only five, six years old, down at 17 for 340 horsepower, rear-wheel drive, eight-speed ZF, good, you know, reasonably new interior. I don't think you can beat that. That's. The, I think uh, we said this in the first take as well. What we should have done really is 10K for each category instead of just go at it, there's your, there's your 30K. Um, so that must mean that yours get more interesting from here and mine get less interesting. Well, your 140 is not that interesting because you can't tell them apart from the diesel one, can that, you? To be fair, I thought he was going to say the common. Kind of are. But yeah, I'll give you that. They look exactly the same as a one whatever did. Some of them do. Some of them look really nice. No, I think you have to modify an M140 to make them look good. Although, like I said, if I was doing one of these in five years, that is, um, I'd leave my standard and just think it, make everyone think it was a 120D and then just, you know, drive responsibly after. Duh. Um, so, see, this would have been better if we did 10K categories because then could have gone like a point each. So, um, I think we'll rate it as the best garage overall. Anyway, my, my Mini's far better looking. I think we can agree on that. No. And that'll have 13-year-old interior and mine has 5-year-old interior or 6-year-old interior. It's a good interior, though. Well, that's because they haven't changed it. They it still to. looks modern. Yeah, that's one thing I, That's one thing I'll say. Mini's like even 20-year-old ones still look modern on the inside because they just look the same as the new ones. Yeah, lovely, aren't they? Well, I like it. I've never, I've never been a big fan, to be fair. But there you go. Um, do you want to move on to the next category? Yeah, you can go first this time. Okay, so I'm going to go with my long-distance estate slash saloon. It is a saloon. You can't get these in estate. Um, I don't think you can find a better car for £3,000. I've gone for £3,000 on my saloon. That rounds it off at 20 from my, you know, my last car at 10. So at £3,000, I've gone for a late 2000s BMW 750i with a V8. A 7 Series with a big V8 under the hood, 4.8. The e- E65 generation. You do realise that uh, petrol prices are quite high at the moment. Well, funnily enough, all of my cars are above 3 litres. And I believe yours... Well, the old the old choice, are these above 2 litres now? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have a four-cylinder on here. Do you mind? Well, you have the mini. Um, E65. Um, I have known someone close, or one of my friends' as dads used to have one of these. Quite nice to sit in. Even even that was like the entry-ish level one. Still very nice to sit in. Um, we're not taking into reliability. Otherwise, I would not have chose that in a million years because these are terrible. I think. Um. <laughs> so um, go on then. What did you go for? I also picked a BMW. That is rare. Yeah, it is um, uh, a 335D. What year is that? 2014. It cost um, 14 grand. Funnily enough. X drive, four wheel drive. That'll be, well, I've looked at the, this is slightly off topic, but it kind of is. Um, my M140 actually does 60 faster than that, even though that has same torque, four wheel drive. I think M140s claim 4.1. Claimed. Right. Yours claims 4.6. I've looked at that before. 
But yeah, 335, did you say? Yeah. 335D X drive is actually a really good shout. I was actually looking at them, but I thought, I can't have that with an M140, and I need to choose, and I'd have that every day of the week. But, yeah, I think mine mine only has mid-300s brake horsepower. That'll have the same. Obviously, you've got your four-wheel drive, your more modern interior, so you'll put it down all the time, won't you? Lots of torque. I think they're only 480. What do you mean, only? Um, I th- generally think they're only 480. You know what I mean? Yeah, an M140 is 500. I mean, you could tune this thing quite long. Mind you, you could probably either, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Especially the diesel, because it'll probably take the power quite well. Uh, let me just... Uh, where is it? Drive train. Four-wheel drive. I'm just seeing what... Um, it's a fine-looking car. Well, you'll, you'll put the pictures up there. Oh, you, yeah, on, you, our, on our definite green screen that's definitely here. That's the one. Um, I'll tell you what. How have you got one of them for 14? I went to look at I'm looking at a 15 plate at 19 grand. Autotrader, best app in the world. <laughs> We're really trying to get this um, sponsored by Autotrader, aren't we? I just want to meet Rory. He's lovely. Oh, actually, um, it's done it in pounds feet. Four six five. Yeah, this is a lot of that. <laughs> That's quite a bit. Six hundred and thirty newton meters of torque, and that'll be instant four wheel drive. Put it down all the time. Whereas my crummy little um, seven series probably doesn't have that much. Oh, it does have a lot because it's a V eight. And it's kind of like a grumbly American sort of style. Probably comfier as well. Yeah, although the interior is like early-gen iDrive, which is very questionable because I've seen it. It's not good. Yeah, well, you won't remember, but when they first brought iDrive out, nobody liked it. Wasn't it in the 90s, the late 90s, 7 Series? I'm quite sure it is. It, it, it could have been. Then it filtered down, didn't it? But uh, it's a good, good system, what are you now? Mm. So. In your 335 DMI M140? That's a shame. I really, yeah, I, I think you've got a better choice on that. But then I got a better daily, so. Yeah, but you, d- you know what this means, doesn't you? We've both got a similar price last car. But we both get tanged around a lot. For, for is that, is that really? Mm. Right then. Now mine are up to 30 and not 20. Does your engine, is your engine over 3 litres? No. Is it an MX-5? No. We do need to touch on MX-5s, by the way, because we got a viewer of the MX-5 group who did... We'll, we'll talk about that again. Anyway, who's going first for the um, two-seater convertible coupe thing well, weekend car? I went first last time. Right. I think this is fairly predictable from one of us. I've gone for a 987 Porsche Boxster 3.4 um, at £10,000. An 07 car. Yeah, 3.4 litre flat six. Um, 987 generation. So it's it's not the ugly one they made at the beginning. It's the one after that. It D- does look a bit dated, but for £10,000... I think I think that's quite a good choice. Quite a good choice. Um, I'm quite interested to see what you've put for this. I think it's going to be a Z4 or something. Porsche Boxster 2006. <laughs> really? 2.7, yeah. Oh, yeah. I for a more powerful one. Yeah, but I I never saw one for that money. Uh, this is an 06, but it's had seven owners. Whatever that means. Oh, yeah. Old boxers are dogs, aren't they? Well, this one looked really nice. I mean, we'll, we'll have the picture up at some point, but... Uh, Hopefully. Um, that is, that's quite annoying, because we've made it very similar. The two really... We, sh- we should have... See, I was I was saying we should have, like, before this, we should have, like, said what was lists were, so this didn't happen. But somebody wanted to do it like this, so now we've... I like the element of surprise, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we, we ended up with quite similar choices there. So what makes your a 3.4? Is it, is it a, a Boxster S? I actually don't know. Or um, did they just... No, I think it... Is it a facelift? Because I don't know 987 you know from... 
986. 986, you know, you know when they made the 996 Porsche? You know the 2911, the one that you really don't like? The really okay. ugly one. They made a box that looked the same. This is one after that. I think mine's after that. Or I wouldn't have picked it. No, no. Um, see, yeah, because I didn't want to run into this, that same thing of getting a 2.7, 3.4, because I wanted to make sure it was a more powerful one. Because, I mean, they still technically then have... Um, I think it's over... It's quite a bit of power then. I think it's over 350. Yeah. All you've got to do with them is just throw a private plate on it and nobody will know how old it is. Detail it. Yeah. You're laughing, aren't you? Um, what was it going to do? What was, what was yours again? 2.7. Yeah. Engine size. And it's old. What's mileage on yours? Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. We, we're not very good on boxes here, are we? Wait, max, max engine size. There's a 2.7. Well, mine's a 2.7. Yeah. Uh, newest first. Oh yeah, so it is the same. I oh, know that it's bringing up new boxes. <laughs> I hate the adverts that you got on these. So this does sound really unprepared. I'll be honest. Um, maybe we should have spent more than five minutes looking at cars, and then we wouldn't have the same. What what version is that? Yeah, that is a nine eight seven. But uh, I th- yeah, I think mine's a facelift version of that. Right. With three point four. Um, sure, I've got to win that one. I mean, we've got the same car. Mine's got a bigger engine, more powerful for the same money. And it's a year newer. And it's newer. Ah, but what's mileage on yours? I, I didn't favourite it. I'll be honest, I just went through Auto Trader, pressed the lowest, um, and then, uh, yeah, that's where we got from there. Although, I will say, options are pretty limited at 10 grand for two single builds. It was Z4s, TTs, Mercedes, and then a Boxster, really, wasn't it? And then he could have got an MX-5, which you can get a Mark IV MX-5, for less than 10. A 2 litre, but it's an ND1. This sounds really nerdy for MX-5s. Wonder why. Anyway, um, we do need to touch on MX-5s, like I said earlier. I think the comment was, um, on Facebook, it was something like, what's your favourite MX-5 generation? See that? I I don't know if it was that, so apologies, but it could have been. It was something like that. I read it a while ago. We'd have to go on uh, looks alone, because I never drove any others. I've only drove the new one. Obviously. Um, I think they've got uglier. I think the Mark 1 was the best. If I, no, no, no. I used to think this. I th- I'd say now, I'd rank them like this. Best, Mark 1. Mark 3, facelift, the last one they made. Mark 4, Mark 2. Right. I'm not biased, even though there's one over there. I'd go f- 4, 3, 1, 2. Me. Yeah, that... See... I do like the Mark IIs, but I think it's when you compare like all the other MX-5s, it gets pushed down a little bit, but I still like them. I like all the MX-5s. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say Mark One's best looking. Well, we'll agree to disagree. They're not a bad looking. And you're yeah. biased. <laughs> yeah. More biased than I am anyway. So does that conclude? Um, I reckon it does. I didn't look at the time before we set off. No, neither did I. I was just think. I was just hoping that Sunday was a good weather for Sunday. Sunday, yeah, because we're going to the motorist. Um, I explained what it was last episode. I'll have a brief touch now. Caffeine machine is what's down south. Basically, it's that just pushed up north, and it's much better. I'll be honest. Car park's bigger. The venue's better for a start. It's still nice though. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's I more. D- it's a more modern building. I think what we're yeah. trying to say is. Yeah, I definitely say the um, motorist looks a lot nicer. Um, it's probably more popular, you know. 
it could be because we haven't got as much choice up here, really. No, not really. Uh, lovely building. Sherburn Elmet, isn't it? Elm- Elmet. It's near Leeds. Oh, it's in Leeds. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's pray for Sunday that it's sunny and dry, or at least dry. Um, and that'll conclude the second episode of the Rolling Scar Show. Yeah, okay, very good. We'll see you next time. Yep.